All right, dear Jesus, we just thank you for this tremendous opportunity we have to gather together as community today, to be inspired by your story, by your story lived out through each other's lives, through teaching, through discussion and reflection. We just ask that through today's conversations, through our prayers, through our dialogues with each other, that we just become closer to you and closer to one another, that our outlook would just be on your peace, your kingdom, your good news, and not anything else that surrounds. In Jesus' name, amen. I was at a uh, funeral this past week of a gentleman who attended Bloom for a couple years, uh, Don's dad, um, Bruce Wahlberg, 73 years old, uh, just passed away um, a week and a half ago, I guess, and so his funeral was Thursday, and I went, and it was really beautiful. There's just something about funerals that just pull out the best stories and the inspirations of life and things like that. And I noticed the minister, though, uh, he was talking about the good news of Jesus, but he kind of went on a little bit of a um, a preach, I guess you could call it, about like how just like bad the world is right now, and like worse. It seems worse than it ever was. Violence and all this kind of stuff and. And it seems like so many people live in this, this frame of mind that things are so bad right now. And I know that uh, uh, Ryan Mackey from the Community posted an article a couple weeks ago. And I know we've referenced some studies that show that really it's the opposite. That it's, we're in more peaceful times than ever. Even though we're aware of the amount of violence or chaos or whatever that ensues around us more. And I think that awareness is what screws things up. There's this constant awareness of all the troubles instead of awareness of the good it's just an awareness of the bad if you flip on the news station or watch read any newspaper or uh, you're just bombarded with so much negativity it's what sells it's what we seem to become addicted to there seems to be this drive to be like oh man what else is going on and so we fuel ourselves with all the wrong which at times can be good because it it, it it really does. I, th- I think, uh, like in the sense of like Black Lives Matter this last year I think we needed the visibility to see how big the problem was and how um, unaware we were of something going on. But in other times, it, there's just some of this news cycle of just negativity just seems to be, uh, there's just some, to be something wrong with it. Last year, uh, or I guess last Sunday even, we, we went through like three, like our guiding words for the year for those who are with us, like choosing three words as um, like an inspiration, something that we're looking to see more of in our life something that didn't have strict guidelines or boundaries, but something like that. Last year's one of mine was positivity. And so this positivity word followed me throughout the year, and because positivity was was something that I was looking for more in my life, it was something that I was more aware of, and so I was aware of how much I got caught up in maybe a negative spiral. Um, and it was interesting, I caught myself so many times, at one point I was thinking, man, maybe I'm way worse of a negative person than I realized. It's just, I finally had an awareness of how much was there, maybe, of how easy it seeps in, of where it came from. And I saw this, like, um, I would catch myself more and more on, on uh, negativity, and then I would ask questions, like, why am I doing this? Like, why is this here? And I think there's a piece of me that really likes it, that really likes to point out the one wrong thing in a situation instead of the nine good things or, or the seven wrong things instead of the three good things. It was always this, this, this critical, like, huh, we could have done better if we did this. 
Now, I do realize one of my strengths, if you're familiar with the Strength Finder grid, one of my top five is restorative, and so you are looking for what's wrong so you can fix it. And so there is a piece of that, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't this weird joy in finding something wrong with the situation instead of looking to the positive. Now, I was reading an article about this then as I was finishing last year and starting this next year, and they say that, that positive people live in a positive world. They see positivity around them. They're seeing the good things, and, and negative people or hateful people, they, they see what they're, they surround themselves in. And I was reading one psychologist wrote that there's like this three-to-one ratio of people who really find their life to be fulfilling and satisfying. But the three-to-one ratio is they have three times as many positive interactions or thoughts than negative and a lot of it's a choice of behavior and a choice of how things are going on. And I was reading over some of my notes for starting this next this, this year, what I want to talk about uh, in January. And the good news of Jesus uh, had come up so many times of something about this. But I think so many of us, uh, the good news is kind of like lima beans. When I was a kid, my mom, I loved those frozen vegetable package, packages like you pop them in the microwave or boil them or whatever and you get these like little tiny veg that were just we put way too much butter and salt on them and they were amazing except for the flipping lima beans man like I don't know why we would buy the ones with lima beans but mom was like oh lima beans are good for you though you just need to eat them and you choke down these like dry dusty like nasty lima beans like oh they're good for me like I couldn't go back for seconds of anything until the lima beans are off my plate because it's good for you you know it's good for you well, I wonder how many of us, the gospel is lima being good for us, is what good news is. Like, that's where, what we think about, like, well, it's good for me, so I'll choke this down today. Yeah, I need this. Kale. Oh, God. All right, kale. We have a kale salad at Dayblock right now. It's like our seasonal salad. It is the most mixed-reviewed salad. Like, people go, oh, that sounds delicious. Like, oh, it's, it's so, like, thick and, like, vegetative. And you're like, it's kale. It's a kale salad. Like it's, it's 90% kale and a little like something to look make it look pretty on top. It's good for you. It's lima bean good for you, though. It's not like, yeah, like let's come back for this. It's the people who are looking for something really healthy and need their greens. And, and so you get a lot of complaints. Like, what do you think when you ordered a kale salad? Like, it was going to be like sugary dressing and like a lot of like light things and just like a couple pieces of kale so you could check off the kale box like I don't know but it's it definitely is one lady who's a regular I love her it's like you should warn people that this is like what it I'm like warn people that it actually is a kale salad they're entering into like all right we'll do this so is the gospel good news Really good news. And gospel being the message of Jesus, this message he brings, this message we rally ourselves around. The message of Jesus is it good news to you, and how is it good news? Where does that good news show up? Or is it lima bean good news? Is this something you read because you know it's good for you and you should be doing this? Is this something you come to a church gathering because you should be doing this? And you is this something is it the, when you're nice to your mom because I should be doing this? Is lima bean good? Like this will be good for me eventually. Like it'll clean up my colon if I just eat enough of this. Like it's I need fiber, so I'm going to choke down the good news, or is it truly good news? As I'm reflecting on my own life and this positivity thing and wanting to see more of this, like I wonder how much of it even is in some of these fundamental principles of like, do I think the world is more negative place? Do I think there's just crap all around? Do I think there's just hate and evil? If I look for that, I'm going to find it, but am I looking for the good and am I promoting the good? Am I part of passing on the good as well? Is there an announcement 
of good news in all of this that I can enter myself into and find myself reflecting the joy of what it is to follow Jesus. And then I just really had to ask myself, do I really think, is it something that brings me joy or is it something that's lime of being good again? And to be honest, I think there's times when the Bible, being a pastor, being a follower of Jesus, being a Christian, is lime of being good news to me. I haven't soaked in, reflected on, looked at, like, no, this is really good. Because this message of Jesus is good news, period. That's what made it like spread so much. People weren't like, oh my, kids were running around telling their friends about the message of Jesus, which happened. They said that it spread through uneducated people on the fringes, but even children would share this message. Like it was, it was, They were not spreading lima bean good news. There was, I never, as a child, told my friends, dude, lima beans, I heard they're good for you. Like, do it. Like, at school, if mom and dad wasn't there, the lima beans were in the corner of the plate. Or if we were being really risky, we would all pile our lima beans together and put the weirdest stuff on top, and we would bet my friend jokes, like, something to eat it, and he would eat it. Like, did you have that kid, too, who would, like, for any bet, would eat the weirdest food you'd make? Uh, yeah, that's where the lima beans ended up. They were not, they were not actually good news. Jolly Ranchers were gospel good news when I was a kid. Like, the different flavors, you could go to Sam's Club back in the day and get, like, a 10-pound freaking bag, which my mom never bought, but my friend's mom's buy, so that's good enough. You trade them like they were like a commodity, like gold. Like, I will give you three lemons if I can just have that one watermelon that tastes so good. Like that. So it's, it's in how we view things. It's how we reflect things. It's, how we're, it's this base layer that revolves around everything else. Is the message of Christ good news in your life? Where is it good news? Why is it good news? Or is it lima bean good news? Just choke it down because it's good for you. If we go to the scriptures, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, Let me remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I preached to you when we first met. It is the essential message that you've taken to heart, this central story that you now base your life on, and through this gospel you are liberated. And so I read this and I ask myself, is this? Is there, is there something that my thought life is based on? This good news message, the good news of this. Not lima being good news, but the actual, like, I'm excited about something happening. This liberation, this freedom, this unity that we all have together. Because this good news is for everyone. What is the good news of Jesus? What is that basic principle that, that God was willing to remove any obstacle to keep anyone from having a right relationship with him? He would go to any painstaking matter, no matter what it would cost him, even the personal cost of losing his own son through a painful death. Now, I've got some people that I know in my life have really a problem with the Jesus narrative. Like, I don't get it. Like, first, the virgin birth, like, just screws them up completely. Like, I'm like, okay, take virgin birth off the show. Well, I can't. It's there. There's one little thing. It's like, there could be nine good things about Jesus, but then there's the virgin birth. And so, like, because the life has to equal. It's got to be 100% correct to get it. Is what if the Jesus narrative, now, don't write me a million letters. This is a what if scenario just to get your our brain thinking, what if the Jesus story was just a story, but a divine story from God who said, I loved, I would have loved this much to do this. Does it, does it change the effect of the story? Because the purpose of what the story is trying to tell you is I would go to this lengths in my love for you, in my love for every single person. There's something beautiful and compassionate and amazing because in my life I believe it, I put faith in it, it's true. But even if it wasn't, even if this was a narrative that was told just to get the point across, because there are some stories in the Old Testament that are narratives to understand God differently. Even if this was a narrative, it's another way of God trying to show me, I want to step in 
and love in a way that we haven't seen, in a way that's powerful, in a way that's, that's something else. But we get thrown up by just tiny little things, tiny little inaccuracies, tiny little things that I just can't wrap my mind around. And so instead of the nine good things, again, we're focused on one thing that we just can't wrap our mind around. And I don't know what that one thing is for you this week. Now, when it comes to the Bible, it's one thing. But what about life? What's that one thing that's screwing you up? The drivers aren't fair because they should have used their blinker there before they cut you off. Like, where's the police officer now? Do you find yourself looking for justice? Did this person be punished for their their crime? Are we seeking that because the world needs to be a fair place and I'm going to be a part of making sure this is a fair place? Or am I wrapped in this narrative of good news and spreading this and something's better? I'm going to look for the good. I'm not just going to look for the good. I'm going to share the good. I'm going to be a part of the good. I, I'm an analytical person. I'm, I'm with people, with situations. If something goes awry just a little bit, I'm analyzing. What could we have done differently? Sometimes that is not the best avenue because I will always find something we could have done differently instead of like, what would we do good here? What was amazing about this? When we started the Bloom community, uh, I remember we had no idea what the crap we were doing. And so we got a team of friends together and for the first and it was like 10 weeks or something like that. We visited a different church community every week. Um, most of them were portable like us, but not all. And they were very different. We wanted to choose very different communities on purpose because we wanted to learn something. And so we would go, and if they were, if they were a community like this, we would help set up. We wanted to see the sweaty, ugly side, and we wanted to see the good side of communities. And after that, we would have lunch together, and we would talk about what was, what were they, what was amazing and beautiful about what they were doing. Yeah, we could have figured out what we didn't like, but that wasn't the point. We wanted to pull out something that inspired and was beautiful about that community. And so we would find something and be like, is that, is that them or is that us as well? Is there something that we can fit? And so we did this for 10 weeks until we, we found ideas and things that, that we wanted to put in place for our own community. But it's again, it was looking at the positive side of things. Uh, there have been times when I've been frustrated with Christianity and I go to a church and I'm not looking for what they're doing beautiful. I am specifically looking for where they are just missing it. Where they are not as cool as Bloom. Like, oh, we are so much better than this. My goodness. Did you see how they did that? And it's just, redar- it's just ridiculous. Sorry. 1990s brain kicking back in. <laughs> PC 2017 now. Holy cow. Um, ridiculous that, that I would, you know, but this is how we operate sometimes. And so how can we start having this lens about everything we do, this lens of being a peacemaker, this lens of, of being someone who is looking to bring more into situations? Mark sixteen fifteen, Jesus says, go into the world and share this good news with all of creation. There's even one part of the New Testament where it says that I, that this can't be fulfilled that any of this, God coming back, or whatever we think a next step might be, until good news has been in every language and every nation. But good news, it doesn't say the strictness or the nitty-gritty or the lima beans part of Christianity. No, the good, the message of grace, acceptance, peace, is loving God doing everything in his power to remove any obstacle from someone having peace and right relationship with him. Luke 4.43, Jesus says, I cannot stay. I need to preach the kingdom of God to other cities too. This is the purpose I was sent to fulfill. So even cities are like, Jesus, you got to stay here with us. And he's like, i gotta, I got to keep going. i got to keep sharing this message of good news with someone else. 
Luke 2.10, he says, Don't be afraid. Listen, I bring good news. News of great joy. News that will affect all people everywhere. This is the angel when he comes to announce Jesus' birth to the shepherds in the field. Don't be afraid. I bring news. News of great joy. News that will affect people everywhere. Good news. And so as we meditate, as we think, as we're going about our next year, as we're looking at the lenses that we're going to put on, as we see the world around us, as we see our friends, can we start looking at what is beautiful, what is good, what is already there that God is doing, and then expound on that? Maybe ask yourself, what can I bring to this? I was challenged just last week as I was thinking about this because I'm I'm finding situations that, that made me frustrated, that made me like, I was like, oh, this is just not how this should have been. People are stupid. I don't know if you ever think that, but sometimes my brain just, all people are stupid. And then I'm like, oh, I'm doing it again. All right, what's the good news here? And I'm, I'm struggling to find good news. I'm like, oh, I'm not seeing good news. God, Holy Spirit, whoever you want to say I'm talking to, Holy Spirit is the correct answer. Um, and I, I really get this, then what are you going to do to infuse good news into this right now? Because here I am aware that there might not be something good happening, the kingdom is missing from this interaction, this situation, and what am I going to do to bring it? Because any one of us can be the negative Nancy on the sidelines, the Monday morning quarterbacks, or whatever they call them, where you can just point out everything that's wrong, and just be like, yeah, you should have done it differently, but who's the one who's going to get in there and be like, I'll get my hands dirty, let's, let's fix this, let's clean it up, let's do it. Now I'm not, God, I sway towards everyone, so I, this is a, this is, I wanted this to be individualized today for each one of us, not a you go save the world and bring Jesus into it, but, but but what lens are you looking at even your own life and, and your own situations and your own, like, what's going on right now that's causing your peace to not be where it needs to be? If we're called to be not just peacemakers, but to live in this peace, this he says, peace I give you, not as the world gives, but something greater. It's this peace that just passes understanding. Sometimes I've heard following the Holy Spirit is just watching your peace, and when things get interrupted, it's 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 we're, 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 our attention is called to the surroundings. Now, it might be to bring something into that, it might be to pray through it, it might be, but but where is your peace being disrupted right now, and why, and what what is the good news to that individual situation? I love this story in the Gospels of the Samaritan woman. Jesus comes to this well, and it's this famous well dug by ancestors and he finds this woman and he starts having this conversation with her and Jesus isn't supposed to talk to women. Thank you, Jesus, starting us thinking differently. But he approaches this married woman and asks her to get him some water and they have this dialogue between each other. Uh, And he ends up telling her that this water is going to make you thirsty over and over. You're going to drink it and your thirst might be quenched for a few hours or a day, but you're going to be thirsty again tomorrow. If you drink the water that I give, you'll never be thirsty again. And she says, how can you even say this? How can you even approach me as a Samaritan woman? She says, your people, Jewish people, say that we worship on the wrong mountain and that only God can be worshipped on this mountain. And now you're telling me that if I drink your water that I'll never be thirsty again. And so Jesus starts telling her, the time has come and is here already that it doesn't matter which mountain you worship God on, and whatever that mountain is in our own mind of why people aren't with God, insert your own thing. They thought it was the wrong mountain. What do you think is incorrect from someone worshiping God? He says, the time won't matter which mountain 
you're worshiping on. It's the spirit and truth, the way that you worship God, that he's going to see your heart and see what's going on, see how you reflect the world and what's going on around us. And so he brings this deliverance to this woman. He even asks her, she realizes who he is, this great prophet. She wants to tell everyone about it. He's like, please don't tell everyone. And she goes off and tells everyone. But there's something about this interaction. She's passionate that it infuses other people that they're like, man, I want, that is good news. Where is this dude? It wasn't Lima being good news. This lady wasn't like, ooh, that is, I should do that. <laughs> yeah, I should, that should be my resolution. <laughs> Love people? Okay, I'll try it. We'll try it for seven days, and I'll report back on how it went. They were so mean and rude. It was so hard to do. No, it's not Lima being good news. It really isn't. There is, there is truth and goodness to this. This love is so beautiful. It, it breaks so many barriers and boundaries. And so where does it need to show up for you? It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be removing a mountain and, and making us all seem united. Maybe it will be. I don't know. But what is the good news for you right now? It changes in life. There was something about the good news that brought you to this message in the first place. And that was beautiful and sustaining. But there's a daily need for this. Like, what is the good news that you need to hear today? Let me read a little passage from this book uh, it's God Calling uh, it's these two lady, these two Catholic nuns who would pray together in the morning and listen to the Holy Spirit and write out the thoughts of what they thought came and they have this beautiful like daily devotional that I've had since I was like I don't know like 14, 15 years old um, and this morning's I get up and read this morning's as I'm coming in and I'm like oh god this is so cool uh, January 8th, which is today, for you who don't look by calendars. <laughs> Life with me is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. My guidance is often by shut doors. Love bangs as well as it opens. Joy is the result of faithfully trusting and accepting my will, even when it seems not joyous. St. Paul, my servant, learned this lesson of the closed bang doors when he said, Our light affliction was but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Accept these rebuffs in life until this lesson is learned because it's the only way. Joy is the daughter of calm. And so it's this, this life that's learned that there, there's peace is this gift that transcends anything going on. It's not going to be your day runs perfectly, life never has a bump, but we're, we have access to this peace that passes understanding at any moment. And so are we people of peace? Do we see the peace in a situation, or can we feel it, sense it, take part in it, no matter what's going on around us, even pass it on, or do we get just thrown into a tailspin the moment something doesn't happen the way we thought it was? Jesus seemed so gentle, so fluid, so, you know, there was so much stuff that was thrown at him, yet it seemed like he just could go with the flow, and his peace came no matter what they threw at him. Where it seems in my own life, there's days where, like, oh, man, I'm mastering this peace thing until that one thing, that one thing is said, that one thing is done, you're just like, man, I knew it! I knew I was going to hit 
idiots again. And I'm trying to be honest, this is seriously one of the idiots. Man, why are there so many idiots? Why can't everyone think like me, Jesus? Why can't they all just have blue brains? Which, I don't even want to see a glimpse of that reality, because that would be probably worse than whatever I'm hitting. But we're arrogant at times. I definitely am. And you think, why aren't you thinking like me? Isaiah 61.1 is a passage that Jesus quotes and is a prophetic, you know, to the future. It says, the spirit of the Lord, the eternal is on me. The Lord has appointed me for this special purpose. He's anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He sent me to repair broken hearts and to declare to those who are held captive and bound in prison, be free from your imprisonment. Jesus, I love in the voice translation of him is the liberating king at all times. Liberating king, he's bringing liberation. Part of the good news is he's liberating those who are held captive by something. Now we encounter people held captive all the time. How can we repair that? How can we help free that? But where are you being held captive? What, and especially mentally, what, what is that thing that just derails you from your week? What can someone post on Facebook at the moment you read that post? You're just like, I threw another computer. I'm so sorry, honey. Like, I need to buy one again. Uh, is there something like that? Is there something to watching this life of peace this way? Um, For me personally, I, I've really had to end and start my day. Like, how do we apply this? Why? How do how do we live live this way? Um, and I guess the reason I brought this to good news I'm talking about it because I I physically have read a lot of stuff over the last couple of months of like how do I be less negative? How do I get past this? And there's a lot of like clinical stuff that's okay, and maybe I could try and be all right. But it just I just kept coming back to like something deeper, something more spiritual, something about this is, I'm not this, this doesn't feel right, that's the whole reason I'm, I'm looking at this. Like inside there's something else going on, there's a, there's, a, there's a deeper calling to be that peaceful nature that I am. And like I was talking about this last year about how since positivity was something I wanted to see more in my life, I, I noticed and took reflection of the times when I wasn't being positive. Uh, I need to celebrate even noticing because seriously, the years before that, I didn't notice until someone was like, man, are you in a good mood? Because you seem like really negative. And now I notice the times when it, I don't seem to be, my, my peace is ruffled or it's not as keel as it usually is, as something is amiss. And so I've had to start really like reflecting on something more that's good news. And so I've, I've had to start starting my day with it. Like what... What is the good news to me today? What does it look like? What do I, what do I feel like I'm going to need right now? Like, what am I going to look for in today that's good news for me? And when I finish the day, it's, it's asking myself, where was the good news in my life today? Because there, there was something. Even the days I'm like, man, that was rough until I'm like, okay, what was the good? And you start, first thing, it might take me a little bit to find the first one. I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. Like, okay. Okay, I'm glad that happened today. It wouldn't have been as cool without that. And all of a sudden, I'll think of something else and something else, and you're just like, okay, there was these moments of good, but for some reason, I got my mind off them. I got my mind off of something, onto whatever else, the chaos, the negativity, that spiral. That spiral that even entices, and I almost feel like I'm addicted to it sometimes, that, that critical, like, oh, I just want to point out what's wrong here, though. It's so fun. Um, but it is, and it drags me down. It wears me out. It makes me tired. There's something more to walking this out in peace, to seeing the good news in this. 
And it's also, I've had to take this into my life, like trying to catch myself if I find myself frustrated with someone or something or a situation to be like, okay, this is not the answer. Where is there good news here already? And if there isn't any, where can I bring it? What do I need to do right now that can change the situation completely around? And maybe not even change it completely around, but will infuse the tiniest bit of goodness or hope or peace into a situation that seems to be going the wrong direction. And trusting that, that being a part of that, that opening myself up to that, it will, it changes so much of my life. Like there, there will be this, this sense of being in tune with the divine and what's going on around us, but there's this sense of even fulfillment and peace that passes, understanding I'm in tune with the song of what God is doing around me. I'm not just letting it pass me by. I'm not just getting caught up in the chaos of the world and the, uh, the news cycle, what's going to be fun to talk about and yell about and be frustrated with. But I'm, I'm in tune with the healing and a part of what's going on with that. And so for each and every one of us, it's, it's, it's what can we do to notice and to stop and to change our directions if we notice that our peace changes, that we're getting negative, that we're getting caught up in a... Uh, a storyline that says everything's getting worse and not everything is healing, everything's getting better. I'm a part of that. That there is good news and truly is good news that I can tap into on a moment by moment basis and it will change, it will be different. It will adapt as long as I'm looking and trying to find it. There's something about that good news that's actually there. Not lima being good for you, not eat your kale because it it makes you healthy, but actually good news. So let's pray and let's discuss and dialogue together. Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity we have to reflect on this year coming ahead of us again as a community, a group dedicated to inspiring one another, living life out for one another, being there for one another, being in community, intentionally being a part of each other's lives, being your hands and feet to the person sitting next to us, to our neighborhoods, our families, our communities, our workplaces. We just ask that you remind us daily that we are in your hands, that you love us, that there is good news to be experienced, that we can walk in peace at any moment. Help us to quickly identify those moments when we are spiraling to the negative, to a different narrative, and to pull ourselves back and to believe and to trust you that we can be peacemakers, we can infuse good news into any situation. We ask that you just help us to just experience this, not alone, but even together as we walk forward this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.